the battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode. Uh, This week I've got my good buddy Brian Moeller from the Boston Tattoo Company in Somerville, Massachusetts. Uh, We're going to be talking about a couple different things. First off, we're going to be talking about how to market your studio for that kind of like professional clientele that you want. You know, depending on how your shop is laid out, the kind of presentation and colors and and just like the, the feel, the vibe that you give off from your shop can really dictate what kinds of clients come through your door. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. When I first met Brian, um, he was kind of like freshly from the uh, the Atlantic City area, you know, and he was, you know, very much like a, a boardwalk kind of like tourist trap piercer, you know, not to say that in like a negative way, but, you know, I've seen him change a lot over, over the past, you know, 10 or so years that I've known him. You know, first he was uh, posting a lot of pictures of like corsets and and this and that you know the things that would like get people's attention but you know not necessarily like the most like respectable kind of work you know something to build like long-term clientele and uh kind of a funny story is you know i I feel like we kind of hit it off like right away you know like we became friends pretty quickly and uh, at the time uh me and all of my my buddies at work up here were all playing call of duty back on like ps3 and, uh, you know, Brian was like, oh, hey, I like Call of Duty. I was like, cool, let's all, you know, shoot fake people in a video game together. And uh, then we were, like, hanging out in, in public, and uh, I was like, oh, man, you know, Brian's making us look bad. And he, he just got this, like, cold sweat on his face. And uh, it's because he thought that I was, like, talking about his body piercing. Like, you know, you're making us look bad as body piercers because you're terrible, Brian. And I totally didn't mean it that way. I meant it because he was, like, really good at Call of Duty. And he was, like, shooting people in the face and making all of me and, like, my my other teammates look bad because, like, we're, you know, we're idiots with video games. So, uh, you know, fast forward 10 years and, uh, you know, Brian is a, a member of the APP uh, you know, he's really involved in conference, you know, he does a lot of work with AV and, and conference committee and, and all this stuff. And it's it's really great to see Brian kind of like, you know, achieve all these different things. So it's just kind of cool, you know, seeing my friends, uh, you know, have success like that. So uh, first off, we're going to kind of talk about our, our shops and, and our theories and our opinions on like how you get the right clients through your door. Uh, then we'll take a little bit of a break and then we're going to talk about surface anchors and uh, a couple other things. So stick around and uh, let's talk to Brian Moeller from the Boston Tattoo Company. Oh, well, meh. It only took us 40 <laughs> oh, minutes. 40 minutes. One button click. <laughs> to figure out how to record a podcast over Skype. All right. So uh, I am on Skype with Brian Moeller. Uh, it's a bit of an experiment trying to figure out this new recording program. Most of my interviews are done face-to-face, uh, but Brian has a horrible face, so I wanted to keep as much distance as possible. That is fair. Completely uh, so fair. Go, go ahead and introduce yourself, Brian. Hi, uh, I'm Brian Muller. I'm the manager and head piercer at the Boston Tattoo Company in the greater Boston area. Now, do you only pierce heads, or do you pierce the body also? <laughs> um, I'm more of a neck-up kind of person, um, uh, trying to make other people look better considering my face is hideous. Right. Well, uh, okay. So, uh, a subject that you, you brought up, you wanted to talk about how, how studios kind of market themselves and, and how you can have, uh, maybe different, different clientele based on how you present your shop. Is, is that kind of, was that the idea that you were kind of talking about? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, you know, I mean, piercing has been going on for quite some time. I'd say a good 30 to 40 years easily as far as, as an industry. And we are at a point that we know what works and we know what doesn't work as far as placement and long-term healing. And oftentimes, like, I think piercing projects were more popular in, like, the mid-2000s or, you know, back in the BME days, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of experimental stuff, um, like Scar and Brace and all those other things. And at this point, I feel like in the industry in the year, in this year, then 
that we know what's going to work. And sometimes people try to market themselves by trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's when you see things like corsets or, um, you know, piercing projects, plate piercings, um, or just like bad piercing trends, like uh, horizontal tongue piercing, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel, I've definitely noticed like when I, when I started piercing, uh, and I, I kind of have the sneaking suspicion, like when you started piercing too, it was more like, um, do some shock value kind of stuff like with, with piercing oh, yeah. to get yourself noticed, you know, for me, it was like, you know, I, I, I remember doing a couple of corsets, but it was more like, you know, surface piercings and, and stuff like that. And, uh, hadn't really like fully grasped like the, the theory and the technique behind surface piercings at the time. So some of them would heal. Some of them would just leave some, some pretty nasty scars. And then like, as I've advanced through my career, it's less about like, Oh, this like, in your face, uh, extreme thing that like makes people like kind of turn their heads and, and notice now it's like this like small, delicate, refined, you know, s- fancy jewelry kind of thing rather than like crazy piercing locations. It, do you feel like you kind of had that like trend also? Oh, a- absolutely. Um, I would say when I was, before I became a NAPP member in, uh, me and I were still, you know, we, we were really good friends and I remember doing corsets and you would just kind of like tilt your head and it's like, I'm like, and, but at the time it was, it was, uh, what is the word? It was attention basically. It grabbed people's attention, but I felt for the wrong reasons, but at the time it's what worked for me. And I was not, my studio was not at a point where we could have invested in nicer jewelry. Mm -hmm. Uh, now things have changed where, you know, the, what we try to tell people and explain, it's like, you know, everyone's seen a nose piercing. Everyone knows what they look like. Everyone knows, you know, where they're done or how they're done. But have you seen it with this more unique particular style of jewelry that has way more value, I feel, in my opinion, as, as far as a unique piercing and also is more applicable as a business. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, as I said before, and, and kind of like try to think outside the box for something that's either like a corset, for example. Yeah, it looks cool. The actual application, it's simple and it's not long-term and it's a big waste of resources and money. I feel at this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like you actually get clientele from something like a corset, you know, because I, I you know, I, I did notice that you did a bunch of them earlier on in your, in your career and it was, like, Oh yeah. No, terribly guilty of that. Yeah. But I mean, I did too. Like I did, I did a couple that I like submitted to, you know, Tattoo Savage magazine and like, you know, 1998, stuff like, stuff like that, you know, like that's, that's what got you attention then. Um, but I really don't feel like it ever got me clients. I think it was like people were like, oh, did you see that crazy, you know, lace uh, uh, someone's neck or someone's back or something like that. But it doesn't, it didn't really transition to somebody coming into my store and saying like, you know, oh, hey, I, I want, you know, A, B or C body piercing because like people weren't looking at a corset and being like, oh man, I want a corset and I want to go pay for a corset. It was just like, whoa, did you see that weird thing? Um, and I, I think it actually kind of held me back and kind of held like the overall industry back for a while because it was so much about like, just pay attention to, to this, just notice body piercing, you know, stuff like this. And it got people thinking about it, but it didn't really transition into like building a, a client base. And now like when I put work online, I, I, I do it exclusively as kind of like advertisement as in, you know, Hey, I know I'm posting this ear piercing that you've seen a bunch of places or this nose piercing or this navel piercing that you've seen a bunch of places, but it's because lots of people want it and I want them to come to me to, to have it done. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, with that, actually I, when I used to do corsets and stuff like that, even still the few people that did come in and see that and were like, Oh, I want that. Even still, there was that explaining of like, well, this is just for looks. It's just a really, you know, it's a fancy photo shoot in a sense. And yeah, you just kind of felt stupid. Cause it's like, yeah, this is what got me attention. And then here you are justifying it. Like, well, I, I just did it. So you would look at me, which was not in those words exactly, but that was pretty much the explanation after that. Um, but yeah, I think right now I have more, uh, I'm, I'm more proud of what we can do in the shop as far as like people coming in all the time, like they'll see like new stuff we post and they're like, I want that. Or, you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing. You have clients coming in looking at you or your staff and seeing the jewelry you're wearing and be like, wow, that looks amazing. That, that's what I want. And I, that kind of, I think feel garners better. And, and like I said, it's more applicable as far as a business. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a, Maybe maturity isn't the right word for it, but um, you know, when I was when I was a twenty year old piercer or a twenty one year old piercer, 
or whatever with my my first studio it's like yeah sure cool like i'm like a bme kid and you know i have like 50 piercings and i have way too much stuff and it's like tacky jewelry and all that stuff so maybe i didn't have like the the eye for for marketing and for presentation yet you know and i can definitely see this progression of going from that studio and you know even like the the layout and the look of the studio and how i presented it you know it was a lot of like hey, just pay attention to this kind of thing rather than like really look at it and really like see what, what can be done with you. And, you know, and then when I moved to my, my second studio, um, changed the way that the, the shop looked and, and felt uh, and then you know onto the studio that I have now. And now it's like very deliberate the way I try to present everything. Um, and it's, it's really just like the way I want people to like look at my business. I don't want them to look at my business and be like, oh, it's extreme. It's 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 fringe. It's you know it, it's it's something mm-hmm. like that. I want them to look at it and just be like, oh, you know, it's like a salon. It's like some professional service. It's like when people go to get their hair done or their nails done or, you know, tanning or something like that, where they just feel like it's it 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 kind of shows who they are and they want to just like look nice and fancy. That's how I want them to see my body piercing. I don't want them to see it as like a freak show kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree, and I feel like. Most successful shops today have all experienced a similar evolution, if you will. Um, you know, I'd say the internet definitely helped with a lot of that. You know, before uh, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, a lot of people just heard about other people doing similar things versus nowadays the internet has shown the world everything. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, there's plenty of people that bring in uh, bad pictures of or pictures of bad piercings and like, I want this. So I'm like, oh, we can do better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like it's kind of opened that window up to not just those who are, are in the industry or fascinated with that, but to the general public. And yeah, as you said, made it more into a, a fashion thing, you know, more like a, a jewelry gallery versus, uh, you know, fast, cheap, easy, sit down, here you go. And this, this is where all the weird shit happens. Yeah, there are definitely still clients that come in and, uh, you know, they, they have a picture of their, on their phone of like a piercing that I, maybe I, I don't offer for personal reasons or for safety reasons, you know, and they still say like, you know, I want this. And it's like, well, you know, I, I appreciate that, but that's not really what I do. You know, like I, I'm fine kind of like letting certain services fade off certain jewelry styles, certain piercing locations kind of like fade into, into memory, you know, because I want to stay fresh and I want to stay relevant. Uh, one, one big thing that really made a difference for me is kind of separating my body piercing services from the tattooing services in my shop, you know, I mean, it's obviously still done in the same shop, but at my last studio, when everything was all in kind of like one big space, like the lobby was, was made for tattooing and piercing, you know, and the displays and the, the website and the portfolios and all that stuff. Like it, it all had like a very like crossover between tattoo and piercing feeling to it. And now I'm kind of separating it where it's like, okay, we have our body piercing floor and then we have our tattooing floor. They have their own feel. They have their own theme. They have their own music. They have their own colors because I really want to separate it. You know, uh, I, I almost call it like the sticker era uh, or like my sticker progression. Like I used to have stickers on everything in my last studio, you know, and it would be like piercing stickers, jewelry stickers, you know, tattoo stickers and just like everything, every surface of, of every cabinet and drawer was like stickers and now like in in my new studio like that's the the one thing that i was like this is what i can't have anymore like i don't want it to just look like uh i'm some teenager like in in his bedroom with like his favorite band posters on the wall like i wanted it to look like a business and and look like something that like uh you know a a mom would bring her kids in for uh, in rather than just kind of like I don't know, like the, the the whole tattoo parlor feel is really something that I that I tried to move away from. Yeah, I can agree, especially with um in Massachusetts, uh, since tattooing was illegal for quite some time up until uh you know two thousand two thousand one, uh, a lot of people still, despite how far things have come into the shop, like if you come into either Boston Tattoo Company locations, uh, it it's just the aesthetics alone just kind of show like this isn't your run-of-the-mill tattoo parlor as you said and and, but tattoo parlors still have that uh imagery of you know being ran by bikers and sailors and and prostitutes and and, you know having an undesirable crowd and you know having someone come in the studio and just like look around and be refreshed like oh wow this isn't what i was expecting i mean yeah there's still a big scary tattooed pierced person behind the counter until you start talking to them and you realize oh yeah no actually they're extremely professional and just as nerdy and introverted as i can be sometimes (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I was I was talking to to Jeff on a podcast earlier, and uh, you know he went from Rockstar in Providence to Gamma in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and uh, you know they have a, a competing shop in the same town, and they're the shop that's kind of like the higher energy, the brighter colors, um, more kind of like geared towards like youth and, and self-expression, things like that. And in Jeff's studio, he, he wasn't really trying to compete against that, but he was just trying to kind of give a different environment for like the soccer moms that want to come in. They want to bring in their teenage daughter for, for something. And they might feel uncomfortable in like a high energy kind of studio. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of, I prefer Jeff's kind of look at it because I had those like, you know, bold, bright colors, loud metal music playing in, on, on the stereo. I had those shops for a, a long time and I saw like how slow my growth was for body piercing because I was alienating a, a lot of the clients that maybe wanted my services but didn't necessarily feel um, as as comfortable and as welcome in that kind of environment. So now, you know, I've got softer music, softer colors, um, you know, the, the counter staff is, is trained to, to greet and talk to people in a certain way. And just the way that everything is laid out and, and set up, it, it's just made to be a lot more inviting. And I, I feel like it, you almost do a disservice, um, if you're running a shop where it's like extreme and it's, you know, it, it's, it's very bold and things like that, because you might be keeping away some of, some of your clientele that might not feel comfortable with that kind of environment. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, with my, um, the way we did our advertising, I mean, anyone who's uh, seen any of the stickers that I've ever made, uh, you from looking at it, you would have no idea that it was about piercing at all, you know. And for me, as far as our advertising and the way we do our business cards, stickers, any kind of like clothing, it's never, you know, the usual like, of course it hurts, or you know, pierce yeah. for your pleasure, you know. It's, it's getting away from that and just setting, uh, just kind of like setting a, a vibe, if you will, as you said, you know, having an environment that is curious but not in your face scary and yeah not not intense basically yeah i mean like you don't want it to be boring i mean i'm definitely not saying you want it to be boring but you don't want it to be intimidating either i think one of the mistakes that some people make in this industry is that they kind of they create the environment for the staff not for the client and mm -hmm. i you know that's something that i would really try to urge people to you know step back and look at it. Think of the people that want to walk through your door and want to spend money. Um, make it comfortable for them. You know, obviously you're going to be spending a lot of time there. You're going to be working there, so you want it to be comfortable for you and the staff also. But you don't want it to be all about that. You know, it can't just be music for the staff. It can't just be you know art and, and things like that. You know, if 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 you have a bunch of posters with uh, ladies with their boobs out kind of thing, like you know, maybe that'll appeal to a certain kind of clientele, but it's not going to be mass appeal you know you want it to be comfortable for all the different people that that want your services yeah you're, you're not going to please everybody but you definitely want to uh please as many as possible you know or yeah. at least uh not discriminate against anything for whatever reason whether it be style taste or personal yeah yeah and you know i i know that you probably might you might lose some of the clients that still look at body piercing as like extreme and, and things like that. But, you know, in, in my experience, those, those are the clients that you don't really keep long-term anyway. Um, you know, they, they maybe want to get this, they maybe want to get that. Uh, if you're offering the highest quality service for what they want, they'll, they'll still come to you. But, you know, maybe if you kind of remove some of that like shock factor kind of like pizzazz appeal you might lose some clients in the, the long term but i don't think that those are the, the clients that are really coming into body piercing studios anymore so well uh, you know that in, yeah you do it you definitely have some people that will come in wanting the, the the you know the extreme stuff but um there's actually a gentleman i met who works for a uh trip advisor company and the one thing he mentioned was like anyone can be a customer that walks into the door but not everyone can be a client yeah and that being open to both of those and just understanding that, yeah, someone might come in for one thing and you might never see them again. Um, you know, the total, you know, definitely a customer of the shop. Um, but the clients are, is where, you know, that repeat business is definitely where, where uh, the focus is for myself. You know, I'm definitely, you know, I love this Pierce and sell to everybody, you know, but not, you know, sometimes people come in with unrealistic expectations, but having a general overall um, comfortable, comfortable shop and setup is generally um, where you're going to benefit the most from. 
Yeah, I, I've I've definitely noticed, maybe more so in the last couple of years, that I have an interaction with a client and I can just tell, like, okay, you're either not going to come back or you're not going to leave a, a good review. And it's not because I did anything negative or bad. It's just that we didn't we didn't click or you didn't click with the shop or something like that. Like you you came in with with this one expectation and maybe maybe the studio has kind of like moved past that, you know, when people come in and they, they show the, the pictures of like a, like a horizontal tongue is like a perfect explanation, a, a, a perfect mm-hmm. example of that. Um, they'll, they'll be like, bam, you know, my friend has this and it healed. And it's like, well, you know, I, I don't do that for this reason. And then they're just like, oh, well, fine. You know, and then they're going to, they're just going to go somewhere else and they're going to think that I'm the dope because like, I can't do this, this piercing that totally worked on their friend, which I'm still not convinced that anybody actually heals those things long term, but you kind of yeah. get the idea. Like certain certain times, like no matter what you present your shop as, how you have it set up, you're you're not going to be able to make a hundred percent of people happy. So I would just like to go for the the biggest majority of people possible for for a client base. Yeah, absolutely. And even with um, as you said, with people coming in, I've had a. Uh, I've had people come in like, oh, you have great reviews on Yelp. And then immediately, I, I'm not a fan of review websites. Uh, granted, the review sites you know, for our shop, for the piercing aspect, are pretty awesome as a majority. I think there's only like maybe one or two bad um, one-star reviews. But there's a, my best example is like someone graduated high school. He comes right into our shop, and he's like, oh, I want to get this in my throat. Kid has no other tattoos. And immediately, like, hey, listen, it's your first one. That's kind of a job killer. You just – you know, you're young. Um, maybe think about maybe different placement, you know, that maybe, you know, this isn't the best thing to dive into. He goes home, writes a Yelp review saying, oh, they treated me like a kid, said my idea was stupid. Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> essentially we did, but not for that reason. And you can't really gain context from those things. And it, it, like I said, that, that was a lose-lose. There was no way you're going to convince that person, you know, they came in dead set like, this is what I'm doing. And yeah, yeah it's it. it Sometimes you got to pull the morality card, and sometimes there are um, repercussions from that. Yeah, yeah. The the online review thing, like, it hasn't really bitten me too hard yet because, like, you know, I've been I've been pretty fortunate to have decent reviews. But um, I have had a couple of interactions. Like, I had one just like a week or two ago where, um, you know, a woman came in. She had some used jewelry. Uh, just in her hand and she she took it out outside of the studio and you know I was I was just doing my normal play thing like oh you know I would ask you in the future just bring it in a plastic baggie here's one right now um, I'll just ask you to, to clean your hands you know I asked her to wash her hands because she was handling her jewelry and you know I said it in the the, the calmest you know most professional voice I could and she just got really really upset at me uh, and she was just like it's my jewelry and I was like I understand that but you know there are other people in here. There are staff. There are employees, and it's not their jewelry, and it can put them at a, at a potential risk. Blah, blah blah. You know, and all I could see was just like her mentally writing a one star review in her in her head. You know, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, she man. was typing it in her head. It's pretty much, yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm sorry that you know I'm I'm just trying to be hygienic. Uh, but yeah, I could just tell that like she she hated me like immediately. You know, just because of you know me just going through the motions of yeah my own. uh so yeah i had double-edged sword we, we've had similar issues like nostril jewelry is the most common that people are looking for something or they have it in their hand and yeah i'll come out with a put a gloves on and put it in a baggie and you know they at first people are kind of like put off they're just like i'm not i'm not a gross person and it's just like listen it's, everyone has their own cooties um this has been in your nose longer than most boogers have that's all <laughs> you know just yeah. try to keep it little bit playful um but yeah sometimes with certain people um, like i said unrealistic they come in with unrealistic expectations and it, it's it's a losing battle but it's just a matter of how gracefully you can lose at it yeah yeah that's a good way to look at it um all right so let's wrap up this topic and then uh you wanted to talk a little bit about surface anchors too right yes all right so let's wrap this one up and then we'll come back to that cool All right, so let's keep it rolling along. Next, we're going to talk about surface anchors. Um, some people might call them microdermals or dermals, uh, but surface anchors is, is basically how we're going to refer to them. 
Uh, some piercers are, are not even really offering them anymore. Uh, they've been out there in the wild for maybe 10 years or so, and you see some really mixed results for long-term healing success or even short-term healing success. So, so some piercers are just deciding that it's not even worth it offering something that you can't give people uh, you know, a reasonable assumption that this, you know, this can heal good if you take good care of it. You know, 10 years from now, you can still have it and it, uh, it can still look great. But uh, surface anchors don't really fall into that category, unfortunately. So some piercers, Brian included, are actually dropping them as a professional service and not offering them anymore. I feel like I might be kind of heading in that direction. Uh, I've really pulled back on the locations that I'll offer them on. Um, you know, at this point, it's maybe three or four different body locations, and that's really all I'm doing. So um, we'll talk a little bit about you know, why we're saying no more than yes lately and um, how we say no, because you don't want to just turn someone away and have them go somewhere else. Uh, you want to give them that education of this is why I'm saying no, uh, just so you understand um, why it's maybe not a great idea. And hopefully they'll they'll listen to you. But more often than not, they probably won't. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, chat a little bit more with Brian and talk about some service anchors. Uh, all right. So uh, a subject that you wanted to talk about was surface anchors and, and kind of making the decision to to stop offering them. Um, surface anchors, for people who aren't aware of it, uh, some people call them single point piercings, some people call them microdermals, um, but it's basically just a little piece of jewelry, kind of like, um, like a little foot kind of shaped thing. You know, you have like the longer toe end and you have the shorter heel end. Uh, you make a little hole, make it basically like a pocket under the surface, you pop the jewelry in, and uh, the the school of thought with them was that you could put them all over the place, you know, like they can heal almost anywhere and you can do all these different things that you couldn't do with surface piercings. And, you know, there were years of experimentation where people were putting them all over the place. And now I think that we're seeing the long-term uh, healing of those, or maybe like the, the lack of long-term healing. Um, some piercers are kind of either dialing back like the, the locations that they're, that they're willing to place them or just kind of not offering them, altogether. So what, what are some of your thoughts on that? I came to Boston in 2008 hoping to like, yes, I'm going to do all of these. This is before I was into nicer jewelry. And I was like, I'm going to put dermals in everybody. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, that street slang still stuck and everyone calls it that today. Mm -hmm. um, and for my studio, once we finally got rid of the idea of making things you know, stop. Since we stopped appealing to the shock factor of things and started actually going into the quality of what we offered and different nicer options, um, we have a limited budget. I don't own my studio, and you know, trying to bring in more jewelry and nicer things and different options is one of those things. You you know, to do it successfully, it's a little bit at a time. You know, there was a moment where we only offered one color CZ from Neo Metal. That was it. And right now, with the way they've turned out like we, we did them for a while telling people like hey listen just so you know you can't put this anywhere there are limitations if you put it in a flexible spot it's going to come out way faster but even if it's done well two to five years is the realistic lifetime of this thing it will either pop out eventually or you'll have to get it removed and because of the popularity of it and because it was something new like a lot of the the mall stores in the area and crappier stores are doing them for extremely cheap which that doesn't concern me that's you know i'm not competing with them but i'm at a point now where my jewelry budget we don't get a lot of demand for it and we just recently made the decision this summer of the stop offering it as a service because we literally make more money removing them than we do putting them in mm -hmm. and we, you know if we're really going to take that flagship of doing quality work that's going to heal well and be long-term. I mean, that kind of goes with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I know plenty of people that have them. I used to have them, but yeah, in the long run for us, I mean, I'd rather focus my, my jewelry budget on something that's going to be a little bit nicer long-term versus like, here you go. See you in a year or two, maybe, maybe five and, or eventually this will have to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can always have like, accidents with any piercing where maybe it won't work long term or something but i think surface anchors are are one of the piercings that people can kind of agree on that like all right you're probably not going to have this 10 years from now um you know i i've i've done ones that have lasted that long but they're definitely the minority uh the majority are usually just like you said they're gone in a year maybe two because there's such a small amount of tissue under this i mean a small amount of jewelry under the surface that uh, it, it doesn't really take much. It, it, you know, uh, you snag it on a towel, 
you catch it on your shirt, it just gets like, you know, you, your dog jumps up and whacks it or something like yeah. that, and then it's done, you know? Um, so people come in now, and I still I still offer them, but I've really scaled back the the placements that I'll offer. So, you know, I'll do them, uh, you know, on on the face, like in like the, the teardrop area, maybe on the forehead. If people want something like on the face, I'll usually try to steer them towards a, a surface bar. Uh, and then other spots on the body, like... I don't do them on collarbones anymore. I don't do them on like cleavage areas anymore. I don't do it in, in like that Madison like front of the neck kind of placement. Um, I will do uh, quote unquote hips, but they're really not the hips area. It's more like on the stomach. You know, I I go a couple inches above the highest point that their pants touch when they come in because I don't want something catching on it. Um, the like lower back dimples, I don't really do those much anymore. Um, you know, maybe. If somebody's body shape was like ideal and they had like a little like a little nook for it, but most of the time those are gonna fail too. And you know, I just I don't like offering something that I I know is going to fail eventually. Yeah, I'm I am the same uh, in the same uh, mindset. We did I did before we used to do the same thing. It was like yeah, let's do it everywhere. And then people were like looking for like wrists. And I was like I'll do it three inches from the bend. You know, we used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we totally avoided collarbones, uh, avoided cleavage spots. Um, back in the neck, we still did. So you know, the teardrop area as well. But it was just one of those things where um, even still, it's like here's this service. You're limited to these four spots. And there's not much jewelry options for it because we didn't get a lot of demand. And even if we did have a lot of demand for it, it's 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 almost aggravating. You know, it's for me like whenever anyone has a problem with a, a piercing and they're coming back with issues, you know, it's always a, a little bit of troubling, if you will. But for something like that, it's it's expected. Yeah. <laughs> You're expecting this to fail, and planning for failure is dumber than regular planning, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Well. You know, it's it's good that people are at a point where they can kind of start to to pull back on it because I, I think, you know, kind of going back to our, our earlier conversation, in the 90s and in the 2000s, like, people would just say yes to, like, any crazy placement, and it was almost seen as, like, a challenge, like, you know, oh, I, I bet I could do that, I bet I could pull that off, you know, and I'm sure that if, if there had been a big trend of, like, horizontal tongue piercings back in the BME days, I'm sure I would have tried one, you know, like, now... Um, I'm, I'm pretty conservative about my piercing. You know, I, I don't like to do big, crazy, like gnarly stuff, you know, and that, that's definitely surface piercings. I mean, uh, surface anchors. So I, I actually really love doing traditional surface piercings because I think with the, the rise of surface anchors, it almost became like a lost art form with some body piercers. They were just kind of going the easy route, popping in a bunch of anchors instead of like, the more complicated procedure of like, you know, a really nice freehand technique and a really nice surface bar and, uh, you know, really cautious placement and all these different things. I think uh, surface piercing techniques really like faded away for for a good like five to ten year chunk of time. And now they're starting mm-hmm. to kind of come back into popularity and people are really focusing on those techniques to make surface piercings heal because, you know, they're they can be a lot more long term viable than some of these surface anchors. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel, you know, if you consider that the earlier versions of that came around, what would you say, like 2004 perhaps? Uh, but they really didn't gain a popularity till like the later yeah, 2008. Like they, they definitely went through their evolution where it was like that first version of a surface anchor that almost looked like a nostril screw with like a curly Q thing under the surface. But Oh, yeah. The, I think the, the old Ben Trigg, I think, did that. Yeah, they were just, you know, the advancement, you know, but the the jewelry that people like look at and identify as like surface anchors now, I think that was like right around 2004, 2005. Yeah. So even still, they didn't invent the tools to put them in until (laughs) years later. Yeah. But I feel it kind of had the same wave of like the tongue piercing, for example, when that gained popularity in the 90s. It was one of those things everyone realized like that was the new thing. And just kind of got cheapened and watered down over the years. You know, I feel there's now if you go to any mall store, there's loads, loads and loads of like really bad jewelry for that and just like crappy, cheap alternatives. And it got to the point where this was something cool and unique and has been made. I I personally feel has been made kind of cheapened over the years where surface anchors were the same thing. Like it was a unique science in a sense and it was a unique, uh, differently a unique piercing 
And then now, like, you go to the mall and you just see large signs say, like, we do dermals, we specialize in this, or yeah. stuff like that. And, and I feel like it's at that point now. And that, well, for us, it's I mean, because, that's why we like, they, it takes such a such a small amount of skill to, to install them. You know, you can definitely, like, dial it in and you can have, like, the perfect surface anchor technique and, you know, you can be really experienced. But um, honestly, like, it's way easier to do a surface anchor than it is to do a surface piercing. So like, yeah, of course, piercers that are like, maybe like low on, on skill or experience level, uh, they'll, they'll gravitate towards those because, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you want some crazy, you you want like an anchor made out of gems on your thigh or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, it's not possible to do that with the surface piercing. And, you know, especially if people don't want to spend, two thousand dollars on it you know and it's it's not going to heal anyway so a surface anchor they think like well you know i'll pop it in people will have it for a couple of months they'll put pictures on instagram that people will kind of people will notice and people will remember my name but then you know they don't see those like horribly scarred after pictures when it's just you know oh, yeah 50 gnarly chunks of scar tissue yeah, it's, it's. I mean, we see the same thing with tattoo trends today, especially like with Pinterest. People bring in these like completely all white ink pieces or something that's just like yeah. way too detailed and Side way too small. And exactly, and everyone brings these things in thinking it's like, no, the internet says it's true. And it's like, listen, this was taken immediately after it was done. You, like, try to look up the picture of it healed, and you won't. You know, no one ever puts that, and if they do put it, usually it's horrendous looking. Yeah. I remember even locally here, there was uh, a young lady who had like 30 surface anchors put from her, like, her hand and forearm in one sitting. And yeah, it looks it looks a mess at this point now. None of them are in there anymore, pretty much. And yeah. it's just like a bunch of big, lumpy scars now. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes people have to learn the hard way. But I, I wish that people would post more consequences type photos. You know, the, the, the big thing that I don't like is when, let's say you or I take out uh, really badly done piercings by someone else, we can take a picture and we can use that for education or we can take that same picture and just be like, look how much of a hack this person is. I don't, I don't like to do that in any way. I, I would rather kind of just, you know, keep a competitor's name off of the picture. Agreed. Not, not just like dump on where they got it done. Um, but, you know, you can say, well, these are the consequences of what happens when it's bad jewelry or bad placement or bad technique or something. And now you understand why I say no to things like this um, rather than just kind of being like, you know, oh, they're not as good as me. Uh, this wouldn't happen at my place. Because, you know, I've made mistakes all along the way. And, you know, hopefully people that are making mistakes are, are learning from them. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I wish I wish clients would have an easier time believing it when we say no for a reason, you know, uh, rather than just kind of being like, well, I saw it online or my friend has it or something. And it's like, well, yeah, totally. I could take your money and I totally could put a gem on your finger, but you know, I, I care enough about having long-term clientele being happy than I care about your 50 bucks or your hundred bucks that I could make today. Like I would rather keep people happy long-term than, you know, make you happy today, but, you know, make you regret something like a month or a year from now. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I'm doing my best right now to try to avoid sounding like the uh, old man of get off my lawn. I'm old and I fear change, but I feel like today I, I experience this more now that when I turn down a client, um, they just take it personal, like yeah. extremely personal. And it's one of those things. Sometimes I have to like politely, like, you know, wind back, like, you know, Hey, listen, I'm it's not against you. It's not that I don't like you or anything like that. Trust me. I'd love to make money off you. Absolutely would. But this is more of a moral, you know, mm -hmm. um, morality thing. This isn't because, you know, I don't like the way your face looks or anything like that. But yeah. people really do take things um, very, very personal for some reason. Well, <laughs> and, I, um, you know, I think it's just it's the Internet age. It's like, you know, you have instant gratification with almost everything, you know, and people True. want that instant gratification with a body piercing. And sometimes they don't want to think about, you know, consequences or, or like long-term results. And it gets, it gets kind of murky when you take something like a surface piercing, I mean, a surface anchor, I keep getting those mixed up. Um, <laughs> but if somebody comes in and they, they say, you know, I want one on, like a really good example, someone came in the other day and they wanted one on, on their chest, you know, and it was a, a woman, um, and basically I told her like, all right, you know, do this really scientific test for me. 
look in the mirror. Um, I'm going to put this dot on you right where you say that you want it, okay? Now take your arms and cross them in front of you. And then her cleavage line went up like an extra six inches up her chest and like the dot was completely gone. And I was like, do you understand now why I, why I don't want to do this surface pier- this surface anchor uh, in this spot? <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, I never, I never would have even thought of that. And it's like, well, you know, I, I didn't think of it for a while either. And I've done plenty of surface anchors in that kind of cleavage placement. Um, but I was seeing like really similar healing results, you know, they would get kind of shifted or tilted this way or that way from like, uh, movement, you know, from, uh, from cleavage, things like that. And, uh, so now I just, I don't offer that at all. And, you know, I, I tell people like this probably could heal on you, you know, maybe 50% of the, the ones that I did before healed like reasonably long-term, you know, they look fine, but the other 50% just healed so poorly that I just don't want to even take that gamble, you know, because like, if you look at something like a nostril or a navel, when you have a problem, it's, it's a rarity, you know, you can pretty confidently say like, you know, 99% success rate on, on something like a, a nostril or a navel or something. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if people, who wanted a nostril piercing only had a 50% chance of being able to heal it, you know, I, I don't think they would want to get it, you know, especially if it was like, well, it's going to leave like a big nasty scar. I think that's, that's the kind of mentality that clients just don't have because, uh, they, they don't see those consequences after they don't see what the scars look like, things like that. And I always just try to tell them like, it'll be a gem now, but a year from now it's going to be a scar. Like, do you really want that in this, in this placement? You know, and that's why I really don't like to offer them, you know, much anymore. I, I still do some of them, but I'm very picky about where. Yeah. Uh, we, I had a similar experience with collarbones. Uh, that was a very, very highly requested uh, placement. And immediately I would just have them like, Hey, yeah, pinch that collarbone area and then turn your head left and right and up and down. And it's like, you feel that tugging and you're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, if you have a piercing in there, I mean, it's not really going to heal if it's, constantly being pulled in different directions even mildly you know i tell them like if this is you know at normal placement two to five years something flexible like that maybe a year to two to be honest with you yeah and that's not counting uh small animal like small dogs and little kids um, yeah. those are n- number one things that usually uh people snag those things on it's yeah, or a loofah and or a loofah yeah and it's, it's one of those things where people we're like, that's eh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take the risk, you know, I think I'll be careful with it. And it's like, well, yeah, no one plans for an accident. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is, <laughs> these are things that are just, I see this every day. You I, know? I feel like the clients who get some of the more questionable stuff, you know, uh, surface anchors and, you know, the tattoos on the side of the finger. Like, I feel like those are very similar clients and they're getting it because they want it to look really cute. You know, like they, they, they want to yeah. be cute. They want to feel cute. They want to have cute things. And I, I really wish that they would just kind of stop and think and be like, well, do you think it's going to be cute when you just have a scar there? You know, do you think it's going to be cute when you just have like a blob of ink on the side of your finger and you can't you can't read what it's, you know, it's supposed to be some yeah. cursive thing, but it just looks like a, a mess. Um, and, you know, I, it's, it's the same kind of uh, analogy. It's like, you know, if you went into a, a hairdresser. And you were like, you know, I want this dye job or this cut or this whatever. And they're like, okay, sure. Uh, I will do that and it'll look really cute for a week. But then a week from now, you're going to look like a total mess. You know, it's going to be this like frizzy, crazy, stringy thing. It's going to look terrible. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it, you know, unless you want to spend a ton of money for something corrective. Then, uh, you know, people would be like, oh, you know, of course I wouldn't want to do that. But when it comes to body art, people are so impulsive that they're just like, yeah. I don't care. I want it now. And it's like, I don't care if I'm going to look terrible for the next 10 years because of it. I want it to look cute today. And it's like, eh, yeah, I made those mistakes. Uh, I have a bunch of old piercing scars that I regret and tattoos that I regret. And it's like, eh, I just don't want you to have to regret it. And I don't want to have to be the face that you attach to that regret. Yeah. Or even still like be that person out there. And it's just like, what is that blob on the side of the finger? Or, or where'd you get that done at? And yeah. they're going to be like, Oh, I got this done at so-and-so shop. Yeah. And even, you know, they're not going to take the moment to explain the science of why that placement didn't work well because mm-hmm. of the way the skin cells are and everything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird though with body art, people have sometimes like very rarely I'll get people have like this captain Ahab mentality of like, I'm getting this white whale and that's it. Um, a different example from service anchors, I had this older woman who was like probably in her early 40s, uh, had a tummy tuck and wanted her navel pierced. And it was one of those things like the surgeon was like, oh, yeah, you could totally get this done once this is finished. And she had her navel pierced elsewhere, rejected because of the, uh, you know, piercing through the scar. And it was not nearly even remotely been settled. 
And she came and wanted me to do it again. And I was like, hey, listen, this isn't going to work. You you've literally have experienced this before. And you saw it push out. And she's like, well, yeah, but I want it pierced because I think the scar is ugly. I'm like, well, that that's fine. But two negatives don't make a positive. This, you know, this is going to do the same thing that you just had happen. And she was very much like, that's OK. I'm like, no, but, but why, why is this OK? <laughs> this is this shouldn't be OK. You know, I don't want to do this for you you know, and know that it's not going to work out. It's yeah. not even like there's a 50 50 at this point. Mm-hmm. And she literally begged me at the counter. It's like, please, will you please do it? I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this isn't personal. This yeah. is strictly, yeah. you know, my own self. I know this isn't going to work and I'm telling you it's not going to work. Why she still wanted to do it was beyond me. Yeah. But yeah. Well, sometimes it's, it's like, like this mental connection where people feel like it's the missing piece to their puzzle. And like, I can totally respect that and get that. And I, I've had similar situations with people who come in with, with tummy tucks, which is one of my, my favorite like medical words. It's abdominoplasty. I just like saying that, but, uh, it's a fun word. yeah, but, um, you know, it's the same thing. You know, it, it goes back to, you know, you put, you put time and you put money into something because you were self-conscious about it, or, you know, you wanted, you wanted the aesthetic look of having a flatter tummy. Um, do you really want to like wreck it by having like a, a big gnarly scar there you know like i know that you have that relocation scar around the navel but you know having having a really nasty rejection scar you know three months from now six months 12 months from now it's not going to make you happier you know and like i understand that you'll be happy looking in the mirror and seeing that jewelry there but you're you're really not going to be happy with it long term you know and whenever i tell people no i always try to also add in if you go to the, if you go to another shop, like, you know, because a lot of times when you say no, they're just going to go somewhere else until they find somewhere that says yes. Uh, unless, unless they're one of those clients where they're like, oh, okay, you know, your, your points make sense. You know, I've changed my mind. I don't want this anymore. Most of the time they go somewhere else. And I always just tell them like, look, when you go somewhere else, if they don't try to talk you out of it, you know, like realize that it's not because I'm lying to you. It's because they maybe just don't care if you end up with that scar. Maybe they just value your money over your long-term happiness. Um, you know, and really, really think about it. You know, like I'm, I'm not saying no because I want to ruin your day. I'm saying no because I respect you as a client. Uh, and you know, hopefully people, people get that, you know, and they don't just get like grumpy and be like, Oh, I don't want to go there. You know, they're, they're snobs. They won't do what I, what I ask for. Um, but, you know, it's 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 all part of just professionalism. You know, if you were going to go to a restaurant and they were like, well, there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to get food poisoning and you're going to spend the, the day on the toilet tomorrow. Like, I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't get the food. I wouldn't be like, you know what? I really want it. It looks great. You know, I'd be like, you know what? I trust your opinion. Thank you. I will you. have the diarrhea swordfish, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will get something else. You know, um, and people just don't look at it the same way when when we're telling them no for like what they want for body art, which is much more permanent. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had similar issues, too, where like local surgeons will do that when, you know, they they give these people this false hope of like, oh, now you can always get that belly button piercing. Or I've had surgeons in the area that do earlobe closures and you're like, oh, yeah, you totally get this repierced in six weeks, which yeah. is not the case. That's a year minimum. Mm-hmm. And then I have that ar- argument people i had one lady come in who the doc the surgeon actually recommended to me you know to pierce it i was like yeah year he's like well he's a doctor and he's at six weeks i'm like well all right well i'm a piercer and i said a year you know and i'm not discounting what the doctor says however i know how these things heal where he doesn't do this it got to the point where he actually bought a piercing gun because i kept turning down his clients he bought a piercing gun and was doing it for people and this one lady, again, going back to the, um, you know, that losing battle with clients with unrealistic expectations, uh, I told her no. She got bent out of shape, went to the surgeon, surgeon pierced it with a gun, and literally three weeks later, they were throbbing. He did it right through the scar, and she came, you know, with with lack of better analogy, tail between her legs, and was came up to me she's like yeah you, you were right uh, um why would he why, why would he lie to me like that and i was like well you paid him thousands of dollars for this i mean he would he'd tell you whatever the hell he wanted to just as long as he got money as as shitty as that is and uh, well, that was i don't, I don't, think, it's, I don't think it's necessarily lying when i because i've had similar situations with you know piercing earlobes after they've been repaired by a surgeon and it's the same thing you know it's like oh yeah you can get it done in a month or two months or whatever and uh I don't think it's so much lying. I just think that doctors just don't care 
about the success of a body piercing. Uh, I don't think they see it as an improvement oh, yeah, on the body. I think they just see it as like, uh, oh yeah, piercings can heal. So obviously all piercings will heal. So, you know, I just do whatever you want. Like they don't think of it in those terms. Like there is nothing probably in medical school where they're like, though, this is how a body piercing heals. But if you can actually break it down to a doctor and be like, look, a body piercing is a fistula. Would you want a fistula forming in this healing scar tissue? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, sometimes they've been like, oh, that makes total sense. You know, like when I equate it like that, um, because, you know, it has gone through that cycle of, like, getting back to the doctor and then the doctor will email me and be like, it's totally fine. I'll sign a note. And it's like, well, I appreciate you signing a note, but I'm still not going to do it. Yeah. Or, well, I've had, I've had yeah. an argument with a local surgeon. I was like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, the connectivity, the connective tissues there, the circulation is absolutely not the same. Scars take quite some time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. I guess we should just go to medical school and we can just, you know, start. Recap it. You want some breast implants? I'll do some breast implants on you. Can't be that hard. Um, just one in the center, like the the lady from Total Recall or Kung Kung, Kung Fury. Yeah. Uh, all right. I feel like we're getting off track here. Um. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, in in the end, in conclusion, um, I'm about offering a good service and a service that's going to last, and that's not just with the jewelry we sell, but also with the actual piercing service provided Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes people may take that negatively sometimes people are appreciative of it um but sometimes with those losing battles that you may have in your studio i feel that um sadly not until someone gets burned from you know with that well screw it i'll find someone that does it and they do it and it blows up in their face or you know backfires and Sometimes you you can actually gain a client from those situations where it's like, yeah, you said no, and I was in I was a jerk about it, and you were right, so I'm sorry. I'll listen. Yeah. Or you can always have like sometimes in situations like that, I I do have like uh, the smug satisfaction of of like when people are like, yeah, you know, I should have listened, and I went here and I just got it anyway, and it healed horribly, and you know, I'll never say it to them to their face, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like yeah you you get what you deserve you know kind of thing like i i hate to see people have those situations but sometimes it's literally the only way that they will learn and and believe it for next time so uh human evolution keeps on moving along Mm-hmm. all right well thanks for uh thanks for talking to me brian and uh come back another time and we'll come up with some some more topics thank you it's always a pleasure um yeah i look forward to it Okay, everybody, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Thanks, Brian, for coming on the show and uh, chit-chatting with me for a little while. This weekend, I'm going to be heading to New York City to uh, see a wrestling show, and I'm going to have a few friends in the car with me on the way, so maybe we'll record uh, something for you for for next week or for an episode coming up soon. One of the people in the car with me is going to be one of my tattooers, so we can kind of talk about shop life and uh, maybe Rick and Morty or something. Who knows? Uh, But stick around, and uh, we'll have some more episodes for you coming up soon. All right? Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. Whoa, whoa. This is trippy. Remix! Okay, okay. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Um, yeah.